Hello, and thank you for listening to the Jesus Calling Podcast. Our featured guest today is part of a series of podcasts that focus on country music and faith, with stars of country music sharing their stories and their connection to Jesus Calling. Colin Ray is a legendary country musician who has learned to trust God in all situations of his life. As part of the celebration of country artists and faith, Jesus Calling will have a booth at 2017's CMA Music Festival in Nashville, Tennessee. If you're planning on attending, visit us at Fanfare X in the Music City Center from June 8th through 11th. You'll be able to meet some of the artists who have been on our podcast, win free Jesus Calling products, and more. For more information, check out the Jesus Calling Facebook page for details. And now, on to our interview with Colin Ray. I don't ever remember a time, and I I credit my mother for this, more than any great thing she ever passed on to me or gave to me, she taught me to pray and know Jesus Christ when I was little. So I had that in my heart from a very, very early age and carried me through my entire life. Welcome to the Jesus Calling Podcast. Today, we visit with country hitmaker Colin Ray. Colin took the country music world by storm in the 90s and has accumulated 24 top 10 records, 16 number one hits, and was nominated as Male Vocalist of the Year 10 times. Colin recounts how he got his start in music and how early on, faith in God was a thread that wove through his entire life. I was born in a very small town in southwest Arkansas called DeQueen. And then when I was very, very young, we moved 50 miles uh, south to Texarkana, which is a much bigger town right on the Texas-Arkansas border. And that's where I grew up. And uh, my dad was restless at times, and we would move here and there. Once We actually moved out to Oregon for about four years during my childhood. And I love that. It was real different, you know, and then we moved back home again. But primarily Texarkana was was my home. And, and now it's a thriving small city. At the time, there wasn't a lot going on. It was it was pretty quiet. And uh, as a teenager, it got boring. Like, you know, it was just one of those places you couldn't wait to get out of. We didn't have much money, you know, and so I, I never really thought college was going to be an option. But it was good in the sense that uh, it made me hone in on on music. My brother was a guitar player from the time he was six years old. He was really, he was just like a prodigy. So, and my mom was a singer. So music was just sort of what we did. And so this promoter knew about my mom and Aunt Becky. They were like a little gospel juds in a way. They would go sing two-part harmony and stuff at all the churches around there. Uh, and this promoter in, the, in the, that area was going to bring in the Sun Records tour, which, which was headlined by Elvis. Johnny Cash was on it. And my mom says that my grand, we called him Big Daddy. All the grandkids called him Big Daddy. He goes, well, uh, you can do it, but just stay away from that Elvis Presley. Because he was dangerous at that time. You know, everybody didn't know what to think about him. And so they, they got to do a series of shows. It was like six shows in that area, all on flatbed trailers. And so they would get to do this. And about the third show, Elvis had heard him. And he went up to my grandfather one night and said, Mr. Chandler, I just want to tell you, you've got, you have two very talented young daughters and stuff. And he, he was very, very polite. And, and my mom said from that point on, uh, Big Daddy was like, oh, that Elvis Presley, he's okay in my book, you know. So Elvis asked if they wanted to get up and sing during his set and sing oohs and ahs background with him. And so with him, and so they did. For, for They got three or four shows they got to be on stage with Elvis Presley. And she never stopped talking about that the rest of her life, you know. <laughs> Mom and dad were divorced when I was 11, and it was just us two boys, Scott and, my, and myself. 
So naturally, the, the next thing you do is when dad's not around, you start pushing your limits because we outgrew mama pretty fast. So you think, well, she can't really do anything to us anymore. But I always felt even at that time, I've referred to it as a hand on the back of my neck. And it was almost literal. I mean, I literally sometimes would feel like something was pulling me back when I was about to, to go in the wrong house or go into the wrong party. Or everybody's about to head down under the grandstand at the football game to get in a gang fight or something. Cause, and, something would, and you'd go because everybody else was going. And I felt like that hand's been on the back of my neck, which I believe is the Holy Spirit or maybe my guardian angel, you know, would always steer me away. Once I realized I could sing a little bit and, I could, and could play bass, I started playing bass and then guitar later. And I thought, I think I kind of understand how to do this, you know, could sing harmony and stuff. And it what didn't take me long to figure out, I think, I think I should do this. I'm gonna try to make a living doing this. In bands and stuff, I learned pretty fast. And that's what made me develop something that I felt like this is something that people might actually pay me to do. When I went on the road and like doing 200, 230 dates the first year, it was nothing because I knew people were gonna like me when I got there. But I think you just become so hungry to be accepted and liked and it's, it's perseverance, you know. So, so in those days, yeah, to, to get to a point where you were good enough and experienced enough to take a run at maybe trying to get a record deal in Nashville or something, you had to go through a lot <laughs> to get before that ever could even remotely happen. And then for so many, it never does anyway, you know. So I was lucky. We'll come right back to our interview with Colin Ray after this brief message. As a special offer to you, the listeners of the Jesus Calling podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Find your favorite Sarah Young titles, including Jesus Calling and Jesus Always, in an audiobook version and get it for free by trying audible.com. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash Jesus Calling. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash Jesus Calling for your free audiobook. Now, back to our interview with Colin Ray. Success in music doesn't mean you got to be a star and have hit records. At the time, that's what you think success is. And thank God he allowed me to do that. But Looking back on it, John and Michael Montgomery and I were talking a couple of years ago, back, and he was just saying, you know what, really, to be honest with you, all I ever wanted to do was make my living singing, and I'm still doing it. So that's the better way to look at it. But if your identity is in how, how big a name you are, then that's why you see so many people turn to drugs and drinking or God knows what else. And so Little Rock was a real milestone for me. That was for my third album. We were looking for songs for the Extremes album. Tom Douglas was the, the writer of that. At that time, no one had gotten away with a song that dark on country radio. Not dark, it's hopeful, but it's a song about a recovering addict, alcoholic, you, you know, what have you. And, and I thought, I don't know if anybody's gonna wanna hear that. I knew we had a, a wonderful piece of music, but the label had to kind of prod me to put that out as a single, I thought, because the single just before had been, That's My Story. That's my story, and so I was on a roll. You know, I had a good list of hits going, and I thought, is this gonna be too much of a departure? I mean, I'd love it if you guys are right, but I just don't know. I 
that flew up the chart. And I think because of that, that's when it really dawned on me, got it, I got it, Lord, because I'm supposed to be the guy that can do these kind of songs and make hits out of them, because nobody else was doing that. The original impact of that was over 200,000 phone calls to, well, we tagged the video. Back then you made a music video for every record, you know, every single, and I portrayed that character in the video and whatnot, and we tagged the video with uh, the Al-Anon, al hotline number. In the first month that video was out, we had over 200,000 phone calls in response to the video, or they had the call saying, I saw that Little Rock's video and my dad needs help or I need help or my, my daughter is, in, you know. And that's when I realized the power, I knew music was powerful, but I thought, I didn't realize it could be that tangibly powerful. Colin went on to record many more hits and songs that continue to touch people and have a positive influence in our world. Always thankful for the blessings God brought into his life, including two granddaughters, Colin shares how he coped with an unexpected heartbreak, the loss of his 10-year-old granddaughter, Haley. He shares how he had to trust God through that pain. Haley was born, we thought, healthy, total, her birth was great, everything, there was no problems. And to make a long story short, she had a, a neurological disorder and no one could ever diagnose it. We never got a diagnosis, and boy, we tried. I took her everywhere, and no one knew what it was. And when she got to about, well, I guess six, it really started spiraling down. You know, we, so we started having to face the fact this could be fatal. Of course, obviously, we wore our knees out praying, and everybody we knew was praying, and, and praying for a full-blown, total healing miracle. And I've always believed that there's no doubt in my mind, God can just by His very will, He can fix anything. There's no illness, there's no problem too big for Him. He's bigger than all of it, but He doesn't always choose to. And I think as the sort of the patriarch of the family, I mean, I've always fixed things for my kids. If there was a problem, I'm there, I'm gonna fix this. Don't you worry, we're gonna fix this, you know. And that was the first time in my life where I realized I got nothing. This is way over my head. No matter how much money we spend, no matter how which hospital, it's, they're telling us the same thing. She's in bad shape. So anyway, in 2010, she was nine, almost 10 years old, and uh, she she passed away. Most horrible thing ever happened to us, you know. You can't survive something like that. You can't. Maybe physically, but you can't emotionally or mentally. But our faith was strong, and so even in the midst of, of that, I knew as did my daughter, we knew that he was in charge of it and he wanted her back. We wanted to do something to keep her legacy, her name going and try to make a positive out of the worst thing. And and uh, my manager, Ginger Roos, came up with the idea of the Haley Bell Blessed Chair. I wrote a song called She's With Me prior to that happening where I refer to her chair as her blessed chair. And so Jen thought that would be a good name for the charity, the Haley Bell Blessed Chair Foundation where, because Haley's only mobility was in that really expensive Mac Daddy wheelchair, and uh, not the kind you rent at the airport, but the kind that are specially designed, you know. Every state has a pretty lengthy waiting list of people waiting for those chairs. So I thought, well, that's what we'll do then. We'll, we'll raise money to, to supply those chairs for people. And, and so far, we've, we've done really, really well. People have been very, very kind.
Colin continues to be grateful for those who have given to the Haley Bell Blessed Chair Foundation. If you'd like to find out how you can help support and assist families of the physically disabled through much-needed resources like wheelchairs and necessary medical equipment, please visit blessedchairfoundation.org. Now, Colin shares a passage from Jesus Calling that is meaningful to him from January 5th and closes with thoughts on why this passage hits home for him. Trust me by relinquishing control into my hands. Let go and recognize that I am God. I love that scripture where it says, be still and know that I am God. That's, that's pretty much all you, all you need to know, you know. This is my world. I made it and I control it. Yours is a responsive part in the litany of love. I search among my children for receptivity to me. Guard well this gift that I have planted in your heart. Nurture it with the light of my presence. When you bring me prayer requests, lay out your concerns before me. Speak to me candidly. Pour out your heart. Then thank me for the answers that I have set into motion long before you discern results. If you keep on stating your concerns to me, you will live in a state of tension. When you thank me for how I am answering your prayers, your mindset becomes much more positive. Thankful prayers keep your focus on my presence and my promises. It's easy to forget that, you know. It's very easy to forget that because it's it, and we because I think we make it harder than it has to be. So I I've learned to to say less and listen more and just basically say, Lord, Thy will be done, and help me not just to say that, but help me to help me to truly mean it. That means letting go, letting go of whatever it is I'm worried about. Next time on the Jesus Calling Podcast, we visit with Shane Owens, a brand new country artist whose debut release is entitled Where I'm Coming From. He had the privilege of working with legendary country music icon Randy Travis on the project, and Travis had this to say about his protege. Shane Owens brings it all, vocal, writing, performance, and passion. He has paid his dues, remained committed to traditional country music, and brings you a song with heart and a story. We're all gifted in different ways. If we were all the same, life would be quite boring. Uh, God made us all different. He gave us all different talents. And I'm only doing what Shane Owens can do. That's just the way I was raised in my beliefs. You know, I just, we're, we're, all, uh, we're all different yet, but we're all, all really the same. Hear more great stories about the impact Jesus Calling is having all over the world. Be sure to subscribe to the Jesus Calling podcast on iTunes. We value your reviews and comments so we can reach even more people with the message of Jesus Calling. And if you have your own story to share, we'd love to hear from you. Visit JesusCalling.com to share your story today.